What's happening, ladies and gentlemen? We are back. This is the Emergency Nine Golf Podcast. I am Mike Murney, alongside McLean Boyd and the birthday boy himself, Jay Woodson, just celebrating 40 years this past weekend. I can't see you, Jay. I can't. I'm no. talking to you guys when I make those hand signals. That's okay. fun. It was it yeah. was cool. It was super it was cool. cool. Yeah, it yeah. Was gonna cool. be cool at forty. You know how that goes. <laughs> Happy birthday to you, Jay. Hopefully, you guys had a good Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah, buddy. Happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah, we had a good we had a good Thanksgiving. Good birthday. Had a full weekend. A little golf outing. Little little get together with all my all my buddies and close friends, and it was a uh, a good weekend and i took a day off of any alcoholic beverage but i am uh back on the wagon gotta have, gotta have something to drink for this podcast so <laughs> here i am so what are you drinking oh i you know what i got so many i was just, I was just getting ready to birthday. ask your I mean, gift table at the party there was like 12 bottles of bourbon you know and it was at first i was like this is great and then i looked and i was like i was like this is kind of weird that everyone that's what everyone gave me so it's like they're like, oh yeah, all you well, do let's is let's be gold. honest, Jay. We're all lazy, and that's the easy yeah. gift for you. That's <laughs> easy gift. It's great. It's a great gift. I love great all of them. Gift. Yeah, yeah, great gift. Yeah, yeah. All, it was all of them were great. Everybody gave me great bottles, and you know, some really nice bottles. Some that I that are like my go to bottles that I'll drink. So it was uh, it was good. It was good. But I, I got a little Buffalo Trace. My <laughs> so I was doing. Uh, people came back to the house family and stuff and she was trying to set up the bar and she was trying to make space and put like drinks under the bar and i had uh i had stockpiled a couple of nice bottles under there just because i didn't want them sitting out and she looked at me she's like oh my god you've got 15 bottles underneath the bar she's like what are you doing with these i'm just saving them for a rainy day don't right. don't worry about it don't worry about it in case a meteor is gonna hit and we gotta get in a bunker i want to have enough bourbon <laughs> enough and most of them I won't drink. They're just kind of like, you know, keepsakes. I'll save them or whatever. But, um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was a good weekend. It's a good weekend. See, I, I, I want to become a collector. I'm just more of, I think, a utility drinker <laughs> where I kind of have my bottles and they go through. And it's funny that we bring this up because I was at, uh, Thanksgiving with my family, went over to my brother in law's house and they had just moved into this house and he showed me this bar and he had, all this liquor and had dust all over it. And it was like, we moved it, we moved it over here. And I'm just sitting there thinking, hell, I've never had alcohol that collected dust. This is interesting. Uh, and it kind of occurred to me. It was like, you know, I, I kind of, I have my thing. It's like, I have my, my one bottle of tequila, I have my one bottle of vodka, my one bottle of uh, uh, bourbon rum, whatever it is. I kind of have that one bottle in there and it's like, it's a, for the most part, it's a half gallon. Like, you know, I have 1800 tequila in there that we make margaritas with Uh kettle one. I buy by the half gallon. Um, What's the other one? Uh, We make loaded Corona's down here. That's a Florida thing that they taught me when I got down here. So Bacardi Limon, you pull, pour it on top of a Corona and they call it a loaded Corona. They're very dangerous, but at the same time, I do keep it around for the occasion when we have people over and they like it. And I started thinking about it though. I literally just, keep around what we're going through i'm not the uh collector per se and there's there's literally no dust on my bottles all my bottles are less than like six weeks old um you guys all you always tell me it's like hey you go and you got these great selections and i'm jealous uh but i'm i'm worried 
that the more bottles I add, the more utility they become. <laughs> the more drinking also, I, you, you do. People call me a collector because I got like 50 bottles, but everyone is, most of them are cracked. And I just like to have variety and just yeah. taste a little here, tired a little bit of that. Just when people come over, they can pick what they want. I don't have any ultra expensive, hard to find. You know, to me, a collector is no, the guy going out there seeking the hard to find stuff and yeah. stuff that goes for a lot on the secondary market. I don't uh, have that fair. kind of stuff. That's fair. That's fair. You're more kind of sewer. Sure. Sure. Well, yeah. sure. That's an insult to the actual connoisseurs, but <laughs> no, but I like that. Like I want to start collecting bourbon, but then I'm, I get worried and it's like, all right, I could, I could buy that, but that Buffalo trace is right there for like $26 and I'm at Walmart. So they have a ton of it and I'm in Florida. So it's just like, Hey, I'm gonna grab more Buffalo trace when I need it. Like that's, that's the bad part. I thought about buying some the other day and I was just like, Oh, I don't, I don't need to stock up. I can just grab it whenever Walmart or Win Dixie. And I love that. I, I got nothing. I got nothing. Win Dixie. That's awesome. So. Blew my mind. I couldn't believe it. I sent you guys a picture because I was absolutely blown away. The shelves under it, you could see they were like missing certain skews, but yet Buffalo Trace fully stocked. Hey, Jay, how was that bottle that I, I bought you? I had never had that before. The Horse Soldier? Yeah. Yeah. I've had it before. It's good. It's good? Yeah. Okay. It's good. I thought thank it was cool. It was a cool. No, I wasn't. It wasn't for got, a thank you. It was, just, it was a cool bottle. That's pretty much why I bought it. it. It's got a cool story like behind it. And I don't know the whole story, so I can't so I don't, tell it. All right, that's fine. But we'll I know that. that I did hear it at one point, and it was a cool story. So when you when I saw the bottle, I was like, "Oh, this is cool." Um, but I don't know the story. Okay. <laughs> How about seventeen ninety two? You should you know have that info ready to go. <laughs> no. How about the seventeen ninety two? I've heard a lot of people say that's good. Have y'all had that? They, they make a couple good bottles. Yeah, they've got like a foolproof, a bottled and bond. They make they've got a couple that are good. Yeah. I have just the dollar. It's pretty solid. I just yeah. have their basic small batch in my yeah. Uh, repertoire. Yeah. yeah, they got a couple good bottles. Yeah, I like that Four Roses single barrel though. That yeah, that's that, great. I mean, for the for that's for a staple. Costs, easy, always, always get, it. get it. Yeah, it's good. So, anyways, Jay had a great party. It's a lot of fun. Jay yeah. came in last place in golf. I just want to shout that out too. His I team, did. His team came in last place. I played with my dad, my brother, and my father-in-law. He's going to throw other people under the bus now. And they all played great. And, <laughs> uh, I think, I mean, we all played pretty well, but I just did a poor job of making the teams. Like, everyone had so many shots. And I've got, you know, my dad's a two, my brother's a two. And I played as a scratch, which was, I should have been a two. But, oh, bullshit. Uh, you had me as a scratch, you motherfucker. <laughs> we're on the you're, same you're, level. <laughs> if I'm a scratch, you're not a scratch. My father-in-law, I played him as a he was a 15, and he played incredible. He played great. Yeah. So I mean, I, I we I thought we played pretty decent, but everyone I know I thought we played pretty better. decent. We came in fourth out of the five teams, and you came in fifth. So did you? Y'all came in fourth? Yeah. Oh, no no yeah. shots. We had three scratches in our group. Yeah, that scratch golfers in that then that setup is and they had and the five sums too. Five sums is an advantage yeah. as well. We could have we could have really you know got into that and made it super equal, but I just I was more Sorry. concerned with getting everybody everyone, everyone having fun. Yeah, groups getting together that they enjoy playing with. And uh, I kind of knew that the two five sums would finish one and two and they ended up doing it. But what are you gonna do? Sure. Hey, I wanna I want a little skinny, so I was cash flow positive. 
We uh, want a, a, a little, want a little money in our small bet and our foursome too. So yeah. that one. So winner. Um, we're back at it. Another episode, and we got we actually have a lot to talk about. I think so. We're gonna some breaking news came out this afternoon in the golf world. I'm sure you've seen. We're gonna react to the match from Friday. We're gonna dive into the the whole these secondary alternate tours that are popping up. And there's been some more news last couple of weeks that we haven't talked about. And it seems like an interesting topic that I've had a lot of people bring up after Jay and I yelled at each other for a half hour that one night. (laughs) And I I have a little bit of a a change of heart slightly on one of them after doing some more investigating. What was that? Say that one more time. I had a little bit of a change of heart. See, I'm Uh, not, I'm not stubborn like you, Jay. I can change my stance when I, when people make good arguments, you just didn't make a good argument that night. I had other people had to change my mind. <laughs> well, whatever it takes. So you knew there was a good <laughs> argument in there. I just couldn't, I just couldn't bring it to you and articulate it. <laughs> and then we do have a, a golf tournament this week that we'll make some picks for, but I think we got to start off the show with tiger woods. He heard us. He must've listened to the podcast and we were just clamoring for him to do an interview and talk and say something. He was like, all right, well, the E9 guys want to hear from me. So might as well let the world know as well. And he did an interview with Golf Digest. Um, I actually watched the whole video. If you haven't, there's been plenty of articles written about what he said. It's a 37-minute video. I thought it, found it really curious. If you, When the second you click on the, the video, he's not in the frame. And he walks into frame to sit down. And you can see his gait is not right. It's different. His legs moving funny. His foot looks a little awkward when it when it steps down. But Tiger seemed to be in good spirits. But you've seen the headlines. Basically, it sounds like his heavy competitive days of golf are over. He says he could potentially compete again on the PGA Tour in a small select. I'm paraphrasing now. Schedule pick and choose a few events that he wants to play in, like Hogan did after his crash. And go from there. But him playing a full-time calendar schedule on the PGA Tour is not in the cards in his future. He seems to be okay with it, but he he never he hasn't done that for ten years anyway. I mean, well, I'm I'm assuming he's meaning compared to what he would normally play. Yeah, Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I'd be curious to see. I mean, he plays such a light schedule. I mean, I don't, I don't. When was the last time he played twenty events in a year on the PGA Tour? I mean, it, yeah, I mean, if he, if he has played 20, it's barely over 20. And we're yeah, talking. I haven't done that since 2000 or 2001, maybe. I mean, it's he just doesn't play that many events. So, I mean, now we're looking at maybe eight, nine, ten events, which is fine. No, there's no way it's that many. It's three to six at tops. You think yeah, three to six I'm, tops? I'm with McLean. I think it's a, a couple majors. Yeah, and... it's the Masters. It's. I mean, think about it, though. Eight or nine events in a year is not very many you go four majors and four other events like WGT well, events hold on we like also have to think about this you got to think he's going to be in a cart and we got to we got to verify that everywhere's going to allow him. you know the pj tour is going to allow it. it's simple <laughs> they move the needle. they're not they're not getting ready to say no tiger we're not going to let you No, we want you here by any means necessary we'll hire 13 guys to carry you on the friggin' magic carpet if it means you're playing in this <laughs> golf tournament but at the same time the usga and the rna maybe they do maybe they don't i i would think they would 
but we also have to look at conditions as well. I don't think Tiger's going to go over and play in a cold British Open. Uh, I think the injuries that he has are going to be um, amplified by cold weather and poor conditions. I just don't see him voluntarily putting himself in that position. Although I will say the one good thing about playing over there is it's super flat and there's no uphill downhill. Whereas if you go to play at Augusta, like that's what he was talking about in his interview. If you actually watch it, it was, wasn't quoted in some of the articles, but he says he can walk. Okay. On flat ground right now. He says it's still, he's as he, as he quoted was saying, he got a hitch in his giddy up. His (laughs) his gait looks funny, but he says going up and down is difficult. He said he was basically immobile for about four months. That's crazy. In the hospital for three weeks, he was in a hospital bed in his house for another three months. Then he was in a wheelchair when he got out of the hospital bed before he even got onto crutches. Um, so just look real fast. So in 2018, he played 18 events as, as far as his recent history. Uh, go back to 2005 before you see him over 20 events. It was 21 in 2005. Most of the years looking at it are, are 17, 18, 19 uh, in his career. That's crazy. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm going to be cynical here. I think he was being just positive. Yeah. I, I don't know if we ever see him play again. Really? Wow. No, we'll see him play the PNC. I guarantee he tries to play. Just for the dramatic factor, he plays in something. He's going to try to play. Oh, he'll play in the Masters. He'll absolutely play in the Masters. And I think he'll play three events a year, maybe four, five, six at the absolute max. But Or I don't think we see him play till the senior tour where he can ride in a cart. And I think think he actually plays – a decent schedule on the senior tour because I think he might get just absolutely bored and all of a sudden he can drive a cart next to his golf ball and all he has to do is get out and hit it and they don't make him put those carts on the path you can drive him up next to the freaking green on the senior tour yeah so god how old is he 40 is he 46 45 he's about to be 46 isn't he I think 45. Somewhere, somewhere there but um, if we're being realistic and I'm talking about him seeing him playing multiple events December. Well, I'm not sure he's going to be able to even finish a 72 hole event, even if he plays well enough right now. That's a great point. Yeah. You know, so even he can try, but is he actively walking 72 holes, which is, which is, here's the crazy part about it. We're only talking about turnover. We're not even talking about practice rounds. You know, Jay, you, you can speak to this and you know what we're talking about, but on an average week, a PGA Tour player plays way more than 72 holes. Sure, sure. You know I mean, what I'm they, saying? Yeah, they'll play. I and mean, they walk. Yeah, they walk. Yeah, every, every, there's no, you know, it's not like riding a cart in a practice round for a PGA Tour event. You're walking, every, you know, the whole time. You know, I would say most guys will play probably five and a half to six rounds a week, a week if they're playing right. every, you know, whatever week they're playing. And then the off That's weeks, exactly right. they're probably still playing. You know, four or five, but the you know the off weeks if they're at home, they're pro- most of those guys probably riding the cart. But I mean, you got some 100%. of these guys that play 35, 40 weeks of the year. They play a full schedule. I mean, they're playing. Yeah, they're 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 walking six rounds a week. Yeah. I mean, that's it was it was good to see him. He seems like he's in pretty good spirits, and he talked about you know chipping and putting with Charlie and watching him in events and and really coaching him and. Um, you know, the grind of his rehab and hanging out with JT and getting calls and 
You know, he just talks about how much he missed just flushing an iron shot or hitting a solid putt and hitting a, a perfect pitch shot. And so his his love for the game is is still there. He, he still misses it, but I don't I don't think we're going to see much. And um, if he's only going to play five times a year, how, how successful is he going to be? Yeah, no. I don't think he hoists another trophy on the PGA Tour. No, I don't think he does either. I do think he wins on the Senior Tour. I'll be a hundred percent honest with you. I think he wins in his first five events on the senior on the senior tour. And this is the time to go lay some cash down on Tiger. Yeah, winning I, I'm, the tournament, just winning again. Let alone, yeah, I, I'm just telling you. I think if he can drive to his golf ball and he gets out and he sure. on a on a shortened golf course because his upper body strength is still impeccable. We yeah. know that he's going to be fighting some lower body strength and he's some flexibility and mobility, but it's 6,300 yards, which I think is about average of what these guys are playing. on. No, the they're playing way longer than 65 that 65 to 67. They're not playing 7,000. That's yeah, close. Who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> 6,300. The LPGA doesn't even play 6,300. With firm, firm fairways, yeah. All I'm saying, 68, all I'm saying. 6,900 firm fairways, it plays look, like 65. Tiger's first year of eligibility, if he decides to play, I would bet the house that he wins an event. That's oh, all yeah. I'm saying. I'll hold you to that. I, I would I would agree with you on the, on the Champions Tour. I, I didn't say Five his years. first event. I just say if he decides to play and he goes yeah. out and plays – if he plays no, an eight, eight to ten event schedule, I I think he wins in those eight to ten events. I could uh, I could believe that. Okay. No way to hold you that because I'm going to forget by then. But okay. How cool would it be? How cool would it be all of a sudden if we got to re-experience a Tiger Phil rivalry on the senior tour? Uh, I would watch. Would what would the ratings do for the Champions Tour if we were able to? I'm sorry, the PGA Tour Champions. Yeah, say it right. Eat a dick. Um, <laughs> if we were able to actually have those guys be competitive, and we were able to rekindle some of the in, in our generation's greatest golf moments of our um, our memory. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, that, that would be fun. Yeah. I would. I got. I. I after listening to today, I, I I hope we see that. That'd be awesome. But I mean, think about it though. Yeah, it it if someone was to tell you right now, you can watch Tiger and Phil go after it. Doesn't matter where the tournament is. Doesn't matter what the tournament is, what channel it's on, or where they're playing. I'm yeah, interested. And I'm interested. And, at, and after Friday, yeah, fuck, I'm really rooting for Tiger to beat that guy's ass if they got out there on the Champions Tour together. Uh, I watch none of that. We can we can move to right, that subject. We're beating a dead horse over here, but at the same time, yeah. I watch zero of the match. All right, Absolutely. let's get let's get to the match on Friday. Yep, the big match: Brooks Kepka versus Bryson DeChambeau. I told you guys. I texted some of my thoughts when I was watching it live. I told you I was going to go in a mass hole minute about it to start off the show. I didn't realize Tiger was going to drop an interview uh, two hours before our show, so. Here we go. I fucking nailed it, people. I told you exactly what was going to happen on the last episode. I called it. You had the awkward first tee with Bryson DeChambeau making a terribly overplayed joke that no one got, no one understood, wasn't funny, and everyone just awkwardly laughed at him and cringed on the side. You got Brooks Kepka, who is a hard douchebag, said yeah. four words the whole time, didn't engage with anyone. Terrible the, TV. Terrible the, TV. The two, two school for 
too cool for school attitude. Yeah. The whole time felt like he didn't want to be there. And the only thing I did get wrong is I said last week that Phil Mickelson was going to call in and be a douchebag. I didn't know he was covering the damn thing as an analyst. So I did get that wrong. So it was even worse than I said, because we had three and a half hours or two and a half hours, wherever the hell it was of Mickelson just having diarrhea of the mouth. And hey, Phil, we know you won the PGA championship. We get it. I get it. We all get it, Phil. We get it. You won the PGA championship. Did he talk about it a bunch? Holy fuck. He talked about it as <laughs> he was trying to give Brooks Kepka a compliment. And somehow it turned into when him and Kepka were playing in the final round of the PGA championship that he won. That's like, oh, my yeah. God, Phil, we fucking get it. <laughs> and so I even texted you guys this. There's a lot of information that Phil has and talks about that I think is very entertaining and is good for the average listener to hear. It's some things that the three of us know, being in the industry and and doing what we do. And I think it's great, and it's different, and it's not what you normally hear in a golf broadcast. Say what you want about Azinger and Faldo, but they can be a little bland at times. And he's more entertaining than them, but his delivery comes off as so smug and arrogant, and it's about him, and it's like, we get it, Phil. We fucking get it. Yeah. Just shut the hell up sometimes. <laughs> and then, oh, by the way, Charles Barkley, I like him. But, dude, I've seen your act before, too. You suck at golf. You gamble a lot and you're fat. I got it. Got that, too. <laughs> it was I'm not going to lie. It was probably the I don't know if they'll do this. The match again. It's if, the, if this is the way it's going to be. If this is the way it's going to be run. It was it was two really. Uh, yeah. Poor competitors. Not poor. They're great they're great golfers, but in terms of an entertaining match, like you want some guys out there with some the charisma that can, you know, talk and they can like, we want somebody like Lee Trevino out there playing a match like this, you know, that they can constantly kind of go back and forth and, and jab at one another. And it's all in good fun. I mean, I mean, not nothing against tiger tiger, you know, we'll watch tiger because we'll watch him anytime, but he's not great at that either. No. And then you got Phil Mickelson when he played, it was really awkward. And then, you throw Bryson, who's super awkward, and then you throw Brooks in there, who is too, like you said, too cool for school. It's just, it was really, and then Charles looked like he didn't want to be there when he was announcing. It was so awkward. Uh, he just was like not really responding, making fun of everybody, which is fine because that's what he does. But he was even quiet in that. And it was just, yeah. And, it was, and the one thing that you didn't call was how poorly the 12 hole thing worked out. Like I said, 12 holes is a terrible idea. The match ended after eight holes. I was watching it turn it on after the third hole. I'm like, this is almost over. Like it didn't even make yeah. it an hour. Hardly. It was no. the stupidest thing I've ever, who thought that that was going to be a good idea. Well, the other thing 12 too is- freaking holes. It's so dumb. Everything we do is nine holes or 18 holes. I don't know how many times I got to say it. <laughs> it's absolutely the stupidest thing that I've ever heard. And it just was totally validified. It was totally validified on this on this show. I just I thought it was awful. I was, the whole thing was just a mess, and I wish I hadn't even. Yeah, turned it, it was it was worthless. And like you said, they're not two charismatic charismatic golfers. And sorry, yeah, they're great golfers, but this really isn't about the golf. It's about the entertainment, right? We yeah. can watch golf every other weekend of the year with something legit on the line. This is just a hit and giggle that should be about entertainment. And those two players are not entertainers. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, uh, they hit the ball great, and, and Brooks played great. 
Bryson played average. He got his butt kicked. Whatever. I don't even really care about the result. It yeah. was more about the entertainment. And then Filder tried to take over the broadcast, and he wasn't even letting Brian Anderson, the actual host and you know, come the play-by-play guy, if you will. They come back from commercial break, and Phil just starts right off and starts going into questions. And it, it, he was talking over people. And then there, I think it was the very first hole. Bryson's in the greenside bunker, and he's got Phil in his ear, and he's just standing there waiting for Phil to stop talking. And he even after goes, <laughs> hey, Phil, I can still hear you. Like, he's trying to get ready to hit a shot. Phil's just fucking blabbering on. Like... <laughs> That's oh, probably a little. God. That's probably a little bit on the production too. Like, like, all right, he's over the ball. Let's let's cut it out. <laughs> Let him hit. But yeah, I don't know. I was I was not a fan. I, I don't I don't think the one on one the one on one match is. Uh, if you're going to do a one on one match like that, it better be with two really engaging, you know, like you said, charismatic people that can make it fun and and make it entertaining. Like you said, the entertainment factor. What what makes these guys entertaining is how good they are at golf. But when you eliminate any pressure, um, you know, at the end of the, the last round of a major, like that's what makes it fun to watch. Like, hey, this guy's going to try to win this tournament, all this pressure on him to try to win a major, to win whatever money. But then when they're just doing an exhibition match and neither one of them can, can know how to have any type of, you know, there's no banter there. It was totally, it was awkward and it was not, not well done. So, uh, oh, well, I don't know yeah. if we'll see another one of these. Not with... Not with people, not with those two guys. I mean, this is, is this Bryson's second or this is the second one? He's second one. Yeah. Yeah. They should have stopped it after the first. Um, I I will say there was one point that I actually laughed out loud. Uh, They got into this Bryson and Phil got into this stupid brain waves flow, theta, beta thing, which I did a terrible job explaining. And (laughs) Barkley says, theta, beta, what is this? You guys in a sorority? (laughs) <laughs> that one did get me to actually chuckle out loud that was about the extent of it but i saw people on twitter like oh my god this is like the most entertaining golf all year and they need to get phil in the booth and i'm like okay first of all this wasn't that entertaining uh, phil could be good in the booth if he can quiet down the it's about me and how good i am and how much smarter i am than everyone else he has some good information i just don't like the way he goes about sharing his information and yeah. But, oh, God, yeah, sorry. I had to get that off my chest. It's been a few days. It was just like, I get it. I get it, Phil. You won the PGA Championship. Awesome. Shut the <laughs> fuck up. <laughs> Phil. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know if I watch another one of those again. It, it's got to be some really entertaining characters for me to turn that thing on again. That's all I'm going to say. I mean, so, I, I'm I sure would... some people loved it and enjoyed it. And that, that if that's for you. Great. Go That's awesome. It. it just, it just didn't, didn't float my boat. It wasn't for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so as McLean would say, long story short, Phil sucks. We're just going to go there. Okay. With the match. Yeah. Phil sucks. Short story long. Yeah. Short story long. Except I, I like Phil. I, so I want to like Phil and I want to get off this topic, but I want to like Phil. He just makes it hard sometimes for me to like him. That's all I'll say. The weird part is that I, I didn't like him until the last like five or six years. He's and gotten I better. Why yes. I feel I, I just yeah I don't know I got yeah. nothing. Okay. And you didn't watch the match, which you didn't miss anything. Yeah. I mean, no, I was driving yeah. back from Atlanta to Florida. Yeah, yeah. He, he certainly. Uh, I might have rather been that. in that car than watching that match. He yeah, certainly I, has a lot of information. 
<laughs> you know what it's like with a five-year-old and a three-week-old driving eight and a half hours. It took us twenty-seven hours the first time. Gonna, we did stop in a hotel, but mind you, we had had Friendsgiving the night before, so we're supposed to get out of the house, and it literally takes us till three o'clock to get out of the house. <laughs> we get out. We make it to fucking Gainesville. It's eight and a half hour drive. We drove three hours and stopped in Gainesville. <laughs> yeah. Traveling with little kids is just brutal, buddy. It was absolutely brutal. And then we ended up on the way back coming in, staying in the exact same hotel, never planned to make it to Gainesville. However, all the hotels were booked all the way down. Just wasn't happening. And all of a sudden, finally Tori goes, all right, the hotel we stayed in, for some reason, they had the football game. And if you paid for it at the Homewood Suites, it was $401 a night. However, points, it was only 40000 They messed up and didn't change it on the app. The hotel across the street was 188,000 points for the night. I said, just book it for it. It gets for they fix it. We got in at like midnight, slept for six hours, got up, got the crowd home by 12. We stopped Stop at 1130, up. almost made it all the way home. Stopped 30 minutes short because the baby needed to eat. We stopped. I got out got out at the uh, gas station, ripped off my pullover in the 80 degree weather and looked <laughs> at the sky and said, baby daddy's home. <laughs> uh, Florida man rips off shirt at gas station and praises the sky. Uh, yeah, no, it's yeah. Uh, I've, I've embraced it. It's, it's nice. But uh, regardless. So long story short, you didn't miss anything with the match. No, it, look, it, I watched the first couple, and if I'm quite honest with you, it got way too drawn out. You know, the first hour, you're like kind of into it. Then all of a sudden, it just kind of gets really stagnant. Um, there's only so much you can cover of two players or even four players, if we're being honest. And when you're trying to cover one specific group, it is tough to do if you're in the playoff of the U.S. Open and you're covering just two players, much less in this format where they're trying to be fake entertaining. Because uh, that's ultimately where it comes from. These guys are trying to be almost, uh, I don't know the best way to put it, but it's, it's not genuine. It's just like when they caught Tiger on the hot mic during the first one saying, man, I'm trying. This just isn't who I am. They're doing that to each player during this. They're trying to pump them up, and it's just not genuine. And I think that's where the true golf fan notices that, and they lose some interest. I, I will yeah. say about the, the one thing I do, what the match does for me, and so this was the first time they actually had caddies. So Bryson had his normal caddy. Kepka brought his brother, Chase, who is trying to make it professionally as well and has played in a good handful of PJ Tour events. I love player caddy conversations. Love them. If Phil would have just shut up, we could have heard more of them. But I, I and it goes back to from the PJ Tour coverage that we watch on a weekly basis. I would love if we had more audio than mic'd up players and caddies. Yeah. So just hear those kind of things. Yeah, that they talk about. And um, yeah, I think if you had I think if you had four, if it was a, a I would I don't need the celebrities. If we had four entertaining golfers on the PGA Tour and it was like a real like grudge match, kind of like we get out and play umbrella or, you know, best two ball or best ball and whatever. Like It was a real match. Like if they put up their own cash, that's the other thing, too. Exactly. If they Jay. put up if their they own cash then these guys are going to be really get they're going to get intense they do not want to pay somebody out of their pocket when it's you know you're donating meals it's awesome it's for charity it's a great thing i'm, I'm not 
I don't want to downplay how great of a, of a cause it is, but you're not going to get these guys competing the same as if they're. T- I don't. If you had these guys playing for a couple hundred bucks or a thousand bucks of cash out of their pocket, I guarantee you that starts to get really chippy out there, and it gets a little bit more entertaining. And guys are trying a little harder. I also think um, you need I would guys to, that. Yeah, I would, I would prefer to see two. I would two teams like two high level players play out of their own pocket. And I think it would be a little bit more entertaining. I actually think you need guys that like each other too, because yeah, I was all played up this whole feud between Brooks and Bryson, but what do most people do in this world when they're around someone that they don't like, they don't talk to them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah we love, we would love to, if there was drama and bickering back and forth, but it doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. When do I talk the most amount of shit in the golf course? With when I'm playing against like, my best friends is when yeah. I talk the most shit in the golf course. Yeah. Right. So yeah. when I'm playing Jay Woodson, I try to talk shit when I win the first hole. And after that, I usually can't talk shit anymore. But, <laughs> you know, yeah, but that's, yeah, that's fun, though. Like if you put J, JT and Ricky and Jordan Spieth and that whole crew together, <laughs> that would be a they would good. they would rib each other nonstop because they like each other and they do it. And that's what buddies do to each other. You put two yeah. guys that don't like each other. They just don't. They just avoid each other and don't talk. Yeah. Well, beyond that, Mike, and, and kind of to piggyback on your point, it doesn't necessarily have to be the top four guys that are the most entertaining. No, you can correct. create some guys that are really good in this format. The guys that gamble a lot early in the week on the tour. We know who those guys are and they do, too. They know they could identify the guys that could go out there, the, the gamblers. Let's get a Kevin Kisner, Kisner exactly. a Phil Nicholson. Um, no, no more. Uh, Phil. We're done with Phil. No, I'm talking about the the legendary know, gamblers on the PGA. Yeah. Let's go ahead and put the guys that are the guys that all talk, the guys that are used to playing for coin, the guys that are used to being put in these situations and naturally entertained in those situations. Yeah, you know, yeah. we all love playing with guys like that because it's fun. It gets the juices flowing. You know, you get chippy back with guys like that. You you kind of get um, to that point where it makes it a little bit more competitive. You want to see it. You want to. You want to answer the talk. I tell you, if they, and if they change the format a little bit too, like, you know, we talk, we've talked about our favorite games and one of ours is uh, umbrella. If you played a fun game like that, where it got, it gets everyone involved, all four guys, not just best ball, but it's like, okay, I just stuffed one close, dude. You blew it right into the right bunker. You need to get up and down. Cause I'm going to make this birdie. We're not going to umbrella these guys unless you get up and down. You, you, your, yeah. your score counts or wolf you know, or, or, or Wolf or Hammer. If you play, oh God, if those guys played Hammer. Hammer. Oh my God, how funny would that be? Like you're talking a guy blows one right in the woods and before the ball even lands, the guy's like Hammer. Hammer. Let's double this. Let's double this bet. That's Either what I'm saying. Take, let's take let's see. Let's see Wolf and Hammer. No, I, I, yeah. you're exactly right, Jay. You you bring up an incredible point. Let's see them play the games we play. Yeah. Let's yeah. watch that. Let, I want to watch them play Wolf and Hammer with With their own money. With their own cash. Well, I think I think it's got to be something to where they go into it. Here's the way I look at it. You can factor it doesn't have to be big charity. Money, but here's the whole thing. Well, but here's the cool part about it. It doesn't have to be huge money. Each player pays a fifteen thousand dollar entry fee, and each player has a twenty thousand dollar prize fund that's matched up against it, or whatever it is, fifty thousand or whatever. There, there's a there's a certain denomination where the player pays a certain amount to be in that, but there's also sponsorship on top of it. That allows them to be in that sweetens that pot that ultimately gives them the ability to make it because at the same time, not only when you put your own money up against it, when you have the chance to win real money, 
you get that on each hole. Yeah. You know, it's all of a sudden yeah, the 18th I mean, green on every hole. If it's a hundred thousand dollar putt or a $50,000 putt, sure. Some guys, they act like they don't feel it, but they fucking do. And that's where it doesn't, it, again, it doesn't have to be Tiger and Rory. And here's the great part about it. You also don't have to pay them that much. If you get the good guy, I promise you, I'd watch Kevin Kisner, um, Patrick Reed and some other guys go at it in a gritty match with some real money in it that we don't have to pay crazy appearance fees to see. Well, yeah, guys like Harry Higgs and Max Homa and Kisner. There I think we go. Be great. There we however, go. however, those names don't get sponsors or get ratings. That's the you only got, you issue. Gotta, you got to sprinkle a couple of the big, big guys up there. If you can yeah. get Rory to do this. Or you know, DJ's kind of kind of bland when it comes to stuff like this. So I don't know. J- if JT guy. would be great. JT, I tell you, JT if you got JT, if you got JT, Jordan Spieth, and Ricky, and then one other guy, I don't know who they're all. Who the who Daniel Berger? Daniel Berger's the fourth. But Daniel Berger's the fourth in that group. Well, Smiley Smiley Coffin Smiley was Coffin the original was. fourth. Smiley now, Daniel Berger is the auto fourth. Uh, he was just on the outside looking at an SBK, and at the end of the day, he came from that exact same class. But he has actually been playing up at the level of the others, so it's a more even. I would move. even watch. I would even watch Victor Hovland, uh, uh, Morikawa, Matt Wolfen, and one other one other dude from that class. Like those guys, I would watch them play a a little two on two. Xander, yeah, put Xander as the four ball. Yeah, I'd watch those guys. That'd be a badass match. God, just a ball striking expose. Yeah, ball striker. Well, this is now essentially part two of the Emerging Nine Golf podcast. For our listeners out there, we had to record this on two separate uh, nights. We recorded the first half, which you have just heard um, on Monday night, and I had to take off for a family issue. Everything's good, and we're now back on Tuesday night, but because we switched to Tuesday night, we have no McLean. So now it's just Jay and I for the second half. It's the son's birthday. It's the so son's birthday. Yeah. 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 So uh, we weren't anticipating doing this on Tuesday night, but my plans got all haywired yesterday. And uh, I appreciate you, Jay, yeah, hanging man. on for another night. And um, plus, we're not going to have a little programming note. We're not going to have an episode next week. I am going to be drunk in Jamaica. So <laughs> jealous. Um, we wanted to make sure we got an episode out this week. So Jay and I are kind of finish our our uh, agenda here and talking points uh, for the rest of the evening, but that's why there is no McLean because we are splitting this podcast into two nights. So we talked to Tiger yesterday coming off his interview with Golf Digest. We did the match, but Tiger then spoke again today. He did his formal press conference down at the Hero World Challenge in the Bahamas, his event down there that he hosts and runs and benefits his foundation. I didn't get to see much of it. Saw some clips, read a few quotes, you know, same similar tone and topics, you know, that he had mentioned in his interview with Golf Digest. He did say he doesn't think he's never going to win a major again. And, you know, it just sounds worse and worse. And it's almost like I just want to. It's almost like he just wants to participate, not even want to win and just play in, you know, like we said, six or so events and. Um, I, I think that's, I, th- I think that's a little bit of, uh, that's like a psychological kind of, you know, twist that he's putting on this t- 
just because he's trying to get these people, the expectations off his back a little bit. Um, in my opinion, I think that's a way for him to just ease his oh, way could be, yeah. and just say, you know what? Hey guys, I've got, my expectations are super low here. And, and everyone's like, Oh wow. He really, cause he's, he's been so driven for so long. And now he comes back and says, look, I mean, which is fair. I mean, which is a lot of people do that, but it's his way of kind of pushing or deflecting. And now he can say, you know what? Hey, the pressure's off a little bit. The expectations are not as high as they were because I've already laid laid out the groundwork here. And now I can really focus on, you know, doing my best to try to compete. And if something magical happens, then great. But he, it takes the pressure off of him. Um, and I think he's rightfully so. He's doing that because obviously he's limited with all the back surgeries, six back surgeries, gosh, however many knee surgeries he had on the, the three, three on the left knee and then major surgery on the right leg. Um, you know, he's got every reason to set lower the expectations. So I think he said but, in the golf digest um, interview, I think before this accident, he's had 10 surgeries on his leg, six, his knees, six on his, six on his back. I know three on his left, left leg. So that's nine. So he's a before this. So he probably had another surgery somewhere along. Yeah. The way. So I think he said he had 10, but this was all before the accident. And yeah. he never really said how many surgeries he had to go through with the accident, but there was more than one. I'll tell you that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, like you, you were, we were just kind of talking before we, we hit record here. He, his, he looks jacked. His upper body is ripped. Yeah. His arms look massive. His shoulders look big. So he was obviously still getting arm day in here, even though the lower, <laughs> the lower body wasn't uh, all there. Maybe he doubled up on the arm day and chest his, day. I'm guessing his leg days are a little different than they used to be. Yeah. Probably quite different, but yeah. Again, you know, just kind of weird to to see him. He did not get pressed at all on the accident, and he pretty much shut that down right away early on. I, again, I, I'm on the camp that I think he needs to address it a little bit more. And um, a few reporters, I think it was Eamon Lynch from the Golf Channel and Golf Week, was kind of pissed that he wasn't pressed on it a little bit more. Uh, you know, I'm I'm kind of I think at this point in the beginning everyone was like is he going to be okay? Like they were worried about his, his health and well-being. Is he going to, is he going to live? Okay. Yes. He's going to live. Is, are they going to amputate his leg? Okay. No, they're not going to amputate his leg. Now it's like, okay, what the hell were you doing going 80 miles an hour in a 45? What happened? Yeah. Like, come on, dude. Like, I know we, we just, we, we all love you in terms of your golfing ability. And a lot of people would argue that they don't care for him as a person. And we understand that based on his history, but you know, we want to watch him play golf, but at the same time, it's like, you know, what the hell happened? You know? Yeah. I mean, he just had a significant accident that has changed the course of his career and for all intents and purposes has almost ended it. He was talking about how close it was to him amputating his leg, but we have no idea what caused it. Why? And I get he it, probably something he doesn't want to talk about, but can he say, well, Hey, in the future, I'm now going to have a driver and you know, I'm worth a billion dollars so I can pay someone to drive my car. I mean, it, at this point I would ju- I think somebody's going to ask the question eventually now that he's kind of opened himself up. It'll people. come out. Yeah. Somebody's going to ask him. I don't know if, I don't know if we're going to get the exact details, but if I were him, I would jump ahead of it and say, as opposed to letting all the, the media make their own judgments and speculation, I would think he would teach just come and say, Hey, I'm just going to address this. You know, I was stayed up late that night before I was super tired. Uh, you know, I made a serious mistake, fell asleep at the wheel and and whatever. I mean, it, which a lot of people would probably say, oh, that's bullshit. But 
I think a lot of people would say, okay, that's a fair enough. He admitted some, some type of guilt here. Let's just move on. Um, but if he doesn't say anything and he doesn't address it at all, it's, they're going to start creating their own narratives here of what happened and they probably are not going to look good for him. So, um, like I said, I think we're past that honeymoon phase with, with him and, and that he's okay. Like he's alive and he's actually walking. Um, and now people are going to start diving into what really happened. And if it were me, I would, you know, I'm not real good at lying and stuff like that. So I'd probably just be like, <laughs> I'm such an idiot. I was just, you know, whatever, yeah. but. But that's obviously a different people. But I think it would I think it would be to his benefit to try to to just come out of the gate and just kind of address it and just say, hey, this is what happened and this is going to be the end of it. Um, and I'm not going to really answer any other questions about it. And then I think a, a lot of people would eventually kind of put it put it aside um, for the most part. But we'll yep. see if he does that. Yep, I agree. He did say, um, you know, somebody asked him, like, what would be a good target date for him to return to? And he did mention something about the open at St. Andrews this year, place that he's won that place that he loves. Yep. And again, like we talked about it last night, an easy walk. place for him to walk yep. uh, a short course flat, you know, no long walks between you know, how the greens and tees are right next to each other. And yeah. So, um, the, uh, I will, if that, if he does come back for that, that will probably be the most watched British oh, Open of all time. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, Unfortunately, he probably missed the cut. That's like his first event back. But. Probably, so the first two rounds will be the most. Wild. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, again, he spoke a little bit. You know, I guess it was a long interview. Again, nothing groundbreaking came out and he didn't um, set the world on fire with, with anything that he said. So um, yeah. he did kind of leading into our next topic. He was asked about all of these. Um, I don't even know what to call them. These other leagues that are out there that we've talked about. We've talked a lot about the Saudi Golf League with with Norman um, being named CEO and them being affiliated with the Asian Tour and you know the Premier Golf League. And he was asked about that, and he said, "My affiliation is with the PGA Tour. This is who I'm going to back and support. This is where my legacy comes from. I've won 82 of these events. Now, granted, obviously, it's really easy for him to say that now when he's not playing any golf and has a bum leg. So." Would have been curious to hear his, his comments on that if he was 100% healthy and, and never had this accident. If he had that same same take, it's easy to just say, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to support the PGA Tour. Because yeah. if you're going to play on one of these tours, both of them have basically said you have to play in every event that they yeah. set up. You know, there's no picking and choosing. You're on this tour and, and that's it. So to kind of get a little more into this topic, and I said that I had a change of heart a little bit. So... I can't remember how much we've talked about, but the PGA Tour has bolstered all their purses, all the bonus money, all the um, the PIP bonus money, the FedEx Cup allotment has gone up, the Comcast business top 10 regular season kind of award. Everything's going up. They're giving more and more money to the guys. There was then a leak that came out, said they're looking to add a potential mini-series of events with guaranteed money, limited field, kind of like a model of what these other tours are doing. So they are obviously concerned. Um, comes out Slugger White has joined Norman at the Saudi League. Doesn't really have a name yet. And we don't know really anything about the format. They've teased a 10 series events. Um on the Asian tour. And I don't know if that's strictly in Asia or they're going to try to go, you know, all around the world with that. And they haven't really talked about any kind of format. 
What I have changed my mind is I listened to a, another podcast. It was a two and a half hour interview with Andy Gardner, who was the CEO of the Premier Golf League. He's a British guy. I think a lot of it British backed money. He did mention something about there's American money in there. Wealthy billionaires. He kept on calling them high net worth individuals that are involved in this. And to kind of break down the tour, if it was to happen, he'd have to get, and for me to support it, he'd have to get all of the top guys in the world. And I think it could be really cool. So what his or their format is, and I'm not sure, Jay, how much you've read up on this, what the actual format is. It's Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but just, yeah, explain. So for the listeners, it's an 18-event season. There's 48 players that are comprised, made up of of 12 four-man teams. And there's actually like owners to a team. It's like a franchise in the NFL. They're going to have their own logo, their own shirts, and it's whatever. Four-man teams, 12 of them. Then there's also going to be like this weird three-person wild card team that the fans can actually pick who's playing on that team on a given week. That's crazy. And they're doing shotgun starts. <laughs> three days. So 54 holes. No cut. Guaranteed money. Each event... Um, there's a, the individual of championship is 17 weeks. The last week, the 18th week is like the team playoff. It's $20 million purse for the individual event. 4 million to first place, 150,000 to last place guaranteed. You're into every event. You're committed to play all these events. You're guaranteed 150,000 um, minimum. You come in last place every year, every week. We're, Whenever it is, and and they're going to have off weeks, right? There's only 17, 18 weeks, so so the yeah. To, to, if, did you hear? Did you read about whether or not the European tour will allow these guys to play in this tour and still play in some of their events, or are they kind of banning these guys just like the PGA Tour would do? I think they've been pretty mum. I haven't heard what the European tour has saying, but what the Premier Golf League is trying to do is they're actually trying to work with the PGA Tour. They're trying to basically be under the same umbrella. And just this is the elite tour for the elite players. And they're going to run it. Again, they're, they're British, so they're coming at it from a little bit of a different way. They're gonna, they've used aspects of Formula One racing. I, I know almost nothing about Formula One racing, but there's both an individual and a team component to Formula yeah. One racing. Yeah. They're also going to, they want to use a Premier League soccer, Premier yeah. League football aspect yeah. of relegation and promotion. Yeah. So the worst three or four players at the end of the season, you're out. You're going back down to the PGA Tour. Yeah. And the top four guys on the PGA Tour are going to get promoted up to the Premier Golf League. So the PGA Tour would actually be a feeder system and actually be a lesser tour than this. And this would be for the elite of the elite the top guys. There's be, I think that would be really cool and different. I'm in on that. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't know if they can get the PGA Tour to say, oh, yeah, yeah. Why don't you guys take take our top guys? We'll just run our little old tour here. You guys can do it better. It's intriguing. I like it if they were able to get everyone there and with the PGA Tour. I'm in on that. I'm not in on the breakout Saudi league where we're just going to give you 
appearance fee money, essentially, yeah. and then some prize money. And we're going to do our own thing. And we're going to poach 20 guys from the PJ tour and go over here and, you know, or 20 of the top guys and go do this thing. I, I'm not for that model. I'm more for, I would be more interested in this model. Um, yeah, so it's, I mean, it's, it's different. What's, you know, what's, what's in it for the PGA tour? Why would they even agree to this? Um, especially so ownership. So they're, they're going to give them ownership of this tour. They're willing to give essentially the players, the PGA tour, 50% of the business. The premier league will give the PGA tour 50% of the business of yep. this, this, this league. Okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, they, they would have to, they would have to offer something pretty big to, uh, to allow them to do that. I just, yeah. I and so you'd have, you'd have team owners and it could be. Okay. So again, we all know I'm a Patriots fan. You could have Robert, Robert Kraft by a premier golf league team. And he gets, however, and he didn't really break down exactly how they would pick the teams, whether it would be a draft or contracts or what would it be, but he could have, I got Rory McElroy and, you know, Kevin Kisner and whoever you you name the, the four guys that are in the top fifty in the world. They put a cap. Are they going to put a cap on the number of teams, or can so twelve teams? Forty. I mean, they would, they would have to be. They'd have to be a cap on these teams. It's not like a new owner can be. Like, hey, I want to. I'm just. You know, we're going to expand. I'm going to buy another. It, it would have to be in in congruence with the agreement that they have with the PGA Tour because that's just more guys that are going to be pulled from. PGA tour. Well, and, and part of it is he said the cap on players in an event is 51. And that's just because of the shotgun aspect that they're trying to do. They yeah. want to do, they want to do threesomes. They have enough for 51 players on a golf course at one time. They want all the players from a TV window standpoint. They want yeah. all the players on the air at all times. So there's no, well, Tiger's playing this week, but he's on the early coverage on Thursday, the late coverage on Friday, but then he plays bad on the weekend and he's, not really in the TV coverage because he's in last place on Saturday and Sunday. They want everyone there for the whole whole time. So they're pretty much capped at 51, uh, 51 players. The, the team owner also then gets to choose which two players on a given day scores count for the team competition. So there's four guys on a team, but they only count two scores on a day, and those two guys have to be picked prior to the round. So it's not like college golf where you have five players go out, you pick the top and, four and the scores. Best, yeah, the best the best four scores count. Right. So this owner or captain or whoever has to say, okay, well, I've I've got I'm going to try to pick up four four guys. All right. I got Finau, DJ, Max Homa, and Terrell Hatton on my team. I'm going to choose Hatton and DJ as my guys today. Yeah. And they could go out and bull shoot 74 where Finau and Homo go out and shoot 66s. And, oh, I picked the wrong two guys. And so there's kind of – he's trying to talk about there's kind of that. So you need like a coach or a manager to like manage the team. Almost, yeah. And so wow. you have the second guessing in the 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 chatter from, a from I guess, a news media coverage standpoint of it. Oh, like, well, this team's really good, but they keep picking the wrong two, da-da-da-da. Gosh, that'd be tough for uh, – <laughs> be tough for the players, you know. Um, you know, you're going, you're playing great. And then the, the coach is like, yeah, your score is not going to count today. What do you mean? Now he's still competing for the individual. Yeah. Yeah. Just not for the, for the team. So it's just a lot of really interesting dynamics that brings it a lot closer to what team sports are. He's even talking about, you know, in the off season, you could have trades, you could have, 
free agency movement or as as the in the soccer world over in England calls it the transfer window where players transfer teams and and work that kind of thing out. You're talking about wanting to do it with women, um, you know, from an LPGA standpoint, he would. I like having, having a, a, you know, male and, and, you know, and females on the same team. Uh, so I don't know if they'd be the same team, but they would, they would basically do the same thing for the LPGA and they would do it at the same venues, but like the women on week one, the men on week two or vice versa. I think it would be cool if they mixed. If they did mixed events, I think that would be cool too. Because now, I mean, again, like we've always talked, you know, with all the girls in the LPGA tour, you know how skilled they are. You know, they don't hit it as far, but the, the skill set is still there. So now you're introducing, you know, what these girls and these ladies are able to do with, you know, still being able to watch the best men in the world play. But you're you're kind of mixing that dynamic. That'd be that'd be kind of cool to see if they could do that like a mixed uh, um, mixed doubles i guess it would end up being if you're only picking two two players but anyway but um you know i think i think we've talked about this before but i i'm i'm a firm believer that it's it there's enough people involved and there's en- enough money involved where something's going to happen um i don't know if it's going to be the premier league don't know if it's going to be the saudi league um, I don't know if it means the PJ Tour kind of reorganizes the way they do things, which they've already kind of done a little bit. But change is on the horizon. Something different is going to happen, um, and there's going to be some other type of kind of premier ultra league that's that's going to emerge from this. Whether the PJ Tour does it within, or end up going uh, to the Premier League, Saudi League, whatever. There's going to be an upper echelon here that's going to be a world, you know, a worldly tour. Um, because of this, I think in, in, all, in all honesty, I think Greg Norman is probably doing this, you know, with two, two intentions. Cause he's all, he wanted, he's wanted to do this for 20 years. He's like, I'm going to just say, I'm going to do it. I'm going to back it. I'm going to, you know, spend the money to get, you know, slugger in there and however many other, you know, backers that he has over there and, and, the and the middle East to, to uh, try to, you know, incur some type of change, you know, to what's going on. And, if it if it ends up being his door, great. If not, he's going to spark some type of change. change. What, what's yeah. going, what, what's going on? So to him, he's probably thinking mission accomplished either way. If if we get something different. So the other thing I like about this Premier Golf League, it doesn't seem like it's just that. Okay, here's your appearance fee money. You're going to play for us. Like it's you still got to earn it a little bit. Obviously, the the purses are way bigger. Um. You know, again, four million to the winner of an individual event. The team overall champion at the end of the season, they get twenty million winner take all for the team. Winner take all for the team. They got team bonuses. Um, I guess one million per week to the team who wins that given week. Individual bonuses for the season: ten million to first, three million to second. You know, again, and it's all guaranteed. You know, yeah. so they like even on the website here, they actually have a really good in-depth website that has their breakdown of how they're doing everything. You know, he he has comparisons of you know what the world golf championship was this year at um the concession that Morikawa won the work day. Yeah, you know, so Morikawa won 1.8. PGL, you're gonna win four million. That's, the fifth the 51st player in the field at the workday won forty four thousand. You're a hundred and fifty thousand minimum. Big jump at the uh, at this, and so I, I do like this model better. No cut either, though. No cut. Fifty four holes too. It's only three days. Again, shotgun starts, which is interesting. Um, which could 
it probably will racket up the drama a little bit because you can essentially have two guys, you know, normally you're like, okay, this, this guy's got this putt to win the hole, but in, cause the other guy's already in the clubhouse where now you're going to have two guys putting at the same time. You know, you could have a, separate holes. Con- six holes apart. Yeah. Um, it could kind of create all kinds of weird drama and, I think it might even be tough for the, the players at first to kind of adjust to that. Like, like, yeah. okay, well, this guy's finishing on an easy hole. This guy's finishing on a hard hole. Yeah, could make a big difference. It could make a big difference. Um, you know, he he seems to think the sponsors. You know, again, his two and a half hour interview he did was a sales pitch for his his idea. These again, he he's representing a whole bunch of people here. He's just the CEO, of, but I think it, he said he's basically been working on this since 2013. Wow. This whole model. Um, you know, he thinks the sponsors are going to like it more because they know who's playing. He says one of the biggest things that he talks to sponsors on the PGA Tour is they don't know who's playing their event. Yeah, no, they also I, don't. Yeah, they also don't know who's gonna who's gonna make the cut at their event. So you yeah. could have six of the top ten guys in the world at your event, and four of them miss the cut, and now your, you know, yeah. your prime time coverage is no one's watching it because none of the big guys have made the cut. So he's like, these sponsors are going to know, okay, I know who's playing in every event and I know they're going to play all three rounds. Yeah. They're going to get a little bit more bang for their buck. He also thinks, you know, one of his sales push, the PGA tour is, and I think you had mentioned it a couple of weeks ago in this podcast, or maybe we were just talking off the air, but how it's, it's going to be more separation between the high and the low guys, right? All these things that's happening, even on the changes on the PJ tour are really to just take care of the top of the top, the elite of the elite. And the guys that are 150th on tour are still scrapping for any hundreds and and thousands of dollars they can to to pay their bills and travel the world and travel the country to to do what they do for a living. And this is going to spread them out even more. Yeah. But he also thinks, yeah, so maybe the purses then eventually come down on the PGA Tour because it's now a lesser tour. But now those guys at 150 are playing, are up the leaderboard more. They're finishing higher in the FedEx Cup if they still have it or whatever it may be. So they're going to eventually make more money because you're taking the top 50 guys in the world away from their competition. Yeah, I mean, there's always going to be somebody to fill that spot, though. So, you know. And then the only thing is it's going to be people that nobody knows. So if you think about where the money comes from, it comes from sponsors. They, they want to sponsor the event because they want to watch the best players play. Um, so from that aspect, I mean, I, it's, I understand what he's trying to do. He's trying to, he's trying to make it sound great to the PGA tour and his players, but it's really not great for the PGA tour at all. Uh, I, it may be great for the PGA tour, the, the organization. And if they've got 50% ownership of the premier league, but not for the players, Um the only incentive that these players have is that if I play well enough, I can move up to the Premier League. It, it's yes. essentially like the Corn Ferry Tour. Yes. Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to have a career on the Corn Ferry Tour. They they want to move up to the PGA Tour, where the the best players play. Uh, and same thing with the Challenge Tour. The guys don't want to stay on the Challenge Tour. Um, one because they don't make enough money, and two they want to play, you know, with the best players. So. Um, yeah, that, like I said, there's always somebody that's going to fill those spots when they leave, and it's just going to be people that you've never heard of. Um, and I don't think the sponsors will will like that. Not yeah, they'll that that money will drop off quickly. Yeah, they won't put up as much money for a PJ Tour event if this happens. That's why the purses will go down. 
it'll, uh, it'll turn into like the European tour. It'll be kind of the same setup. You know, yes. obviously, you know, a bigger tour than, you know, the corn fairy. Uh, but I think, I think it hurts. I think it actually, if anything, it probably helps the European tour a little bit because now we've got more events uh, closer to their home. And I think it just, I think it will, I think it, hel- it will help these guys give them a little bit more incentive. I'm sure they're, they're going to have some way to feed from both. It's got to, I don't know how they're going to pick these teams, but I'm sure they've got to, they've got to work together because not every player that's in the top 50 in the world plays on the PGA tour. You've got some guys on the European tour. So they're going to have, you know, some type of, um, I don't know if it's going to be off world golf rankings um, or what, but I, I think it, I think it helps that tour better more than it helps. Obviously. So the it hurts the PGA tour 12, 12 of the 18 events will be in the United States. 12 of the 18. Yep. Six of them okay. are going to be located around the world. Um, 12 of the 18 will still be in the United States. And they even said they're going to almost still kind of have uh, a West coast, East coast swing like they, the PJ tour has now. Yeah. And again, partly that's just because of weather. Right. Yeah. Um, so, and I don't know, maybe, maybe some of the current venues that we like on the PGA tour, you know, some of them that with, with the PGA tour has is, as elevated status on some of these invitationals, the Rivieras, the, the Bay Hills, the memorials, these are actually kind of smaller events. They're mostly 125 players. They're not full field. They're invitationals and they get actually 50 points more to the winner from yeah. a FedEx cup standpoint. They're elevated. The purse is a little bit bigger. So I don't know if you, you strip some of those off the actual PJ tour and they, these venues that we like to see every year go to the PGL, um, you know, so you still go have the West coast swing yeah. and they're, they're still hitting Tory and, and I don't, I, like I, don't tour. I don't love, I don't love that, but I, you know, I understand why they're doing it. They probably feel like, you know, you're going to get more money in the U S so that's probably why they're doing, it, which is what it all stems from. But I, I would, I would have thought it had been a lot, uh, you have the option. You can kind of tap into these different markets around the world. You know, say you have you know five in the U.S. or even six in the U.S. Then you have two or three in Europe, and then you have a couple in you know in Africa and then Asia, where there's plenty of money in all of the all parts yeah. of the world. You just have to find. I the think right it's got to be a TV thing, right? I think probably a lot of where their money is going to come from is TV contracts, right? That's where yeah. the PGA Tour is signing a new one in, in January, and that's where they're getting a lot of this money, and so. If you have only a handful of events in the United States, these NBC, CBS, whoever is not going to ESPN is not going to pay a lot of money for an event they have to put on at two o'clock in the morning or yeah, put on yeah. tape delay. So yeah. I think that's probably that would be my guess of why they're trying to. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it just comes down to money for sure. Well, and the players too. I mean, right? These players have all made the United States, and even a lot of the international and European players have made the United States their kind of home base because this yeah. is where they they travel to. So the guys are you know, living in Jupiter and they don't want to be traveling out of the country for 12 weeks. Unless the so, money's really good. Unless the money's really good, which, which it, it, it is. Yeah. Like, so. you, even with the setup they have now, if you told these guys, hey, you're going to have to play six events in the U.S., 12 events in the, around the world, but your purses will triple. Well, your purses will triple, or not quite triple, but it, um, more than double. Yeah. Then they'd be like, yeah, sign me up. Yeah. Let's do it. So I mean, anyways, a, lot, a lot of them play. A lot of them play. I mean, how many events does Rory play around the world? I mean, he plays six to eight events, probably. Yeah, outside of the U.S. Um, and you know, other guys even more that are still 
still top 25 players in the world. So, yeah, but um, again, I will say I, I opened my eyes a little bit. I was a little more open minded, Jay. And I'm not <laughs> as stubborn as some people think this idea. I like better than the Saudis just poaching 20 of the top guys and going over and creating their own thing. And yeah, I don't know. Well, it is interesting they, on that Saudi note. Uh, the Saudis International, which is now an Asian tour event, no longer a European tour event, um, just came out with a list of a bunch of the guys that have committed to play in it. So the European tour said, take a hike. We don't want to be involved with you anymore. So they're now in partnership with the Asian tour, which is why Norman and those guys are trying to make the series be over there. But listen to some of these names that are going over there. Abraham Answer, Paul Casey, DeChambeau, Jason Duffner. Um, that doesn't matter anymore. He's not. <laughs> but Fleetwood, Garcia, Hatton, DJ, Kokrak, Shane Lowry, Graham McDonald, Phil Mickelson, Kevin Na, Joaquin Neiman, Louis Eustazen, Ian Poulter, Xander Shoffley, Adam Scott, Henrik Stenson, Harold Varner, Johnny Vegas, Bubba Watson, Lee Westwood. How many How many of those are U.S. players? Uh, quarter of what you just named? Dead air. Nine. Dead air. Yeah, dead air. Nine. Sorry. Nine. <laughs> You're doing a good job of counting. Nine, right? So nine of what did I what did I say? Twenty-five there probably. So yeah, just over. Yeah. I mean, um, just just over a third. Um so and now, but the PJ tour has not, still has to allow them to go over there and play that event. Yeah. yeah. They have to be granted the release because they're gonna play in a conflicting event. Um, and they haven't decided on that yet. And the event's not until uh, early February, so it's still a while. But I'm curious to see. Uh, you know, somebody. I, I wish I had this. I I should have saved it the other day. Somebody on on Twitter posted like what the purse is and first place money is. It's it's not any good. It's actually worse than like the John Deere Classic. Is it really? Yeah. That's weird. First, so why are these guys even playing it? Just trying to appearance fees. Oh, I mean, besides, yeah, besides appearance. That's fees. why they're playing in appearance yeah. fees. It has nothing to do with which you can do over there you can't do in the you can't do on the pga tour correct um even though there are people who still uh debate that uh, i'm they, sure they, there's they, i'm sure there's some under the table stuff going on there's some there's some the perks that they provide for some of these guys that are not necessarily money but they make it oh here's a really, nice house for the week with a with a chef and all this yeah, kind of stuff and very convincing if you if you come um I'm just, if you know, there's there's ways around that, but yeah. we'll see how that all shakes out. I'll be, like I said, I, I think um, I think something's going to happen, and it was just uh, this is an opportunity to spark some type of change, and it's probably long overdue. In all honesty, um, yeah, and there's been changes, right? I mean, people yeah. want to forget the the PGA of America, my organization, used to run the tour, and Arnie and Jack and. Uh, what year is it? 68, maybe in the sixties basically said, no, we got to change how we do this and we're going to create our own thing. And Marty and Jack are really the reasons why there was the PGA tour. They broke away yeah. from uh, the PGA of America. And then there was some more changes. And then um, it, it's gone through a few iterations. Right. And that's what this guy, Andy Gardner was talking about. Like, okay, well, this is the next iteration. It's time to improve it. Time to get better. And, and you're right, Jay, you're right. Competition is good. Hey, what was that? Say that again. I sorry, <clears throat> I got something in my throat. <laughs> something in my throat. So, I'll, I'll, but, add that, I'll add that out later. Um, 
So yeah, I mean, competition is good. If it again, if it can at least get the PGA Tour to be better, um, I just don't. I don't know. Like, can all honestly too, like watching these guys play for more money really doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. No, I. I agree with from a and that's and that's my whole thing. Like with the yeah. with the Saudi thing was what our argument was last time was. I don't want you to strip players from the PGA Tour and make it a lesser tour. And some guys are over there and some guys are here. I want the best guys playing together as yeah. as much as possible. And we understand that they don't do that a whole bunch on the PGA Tour because there's so many events and they can pick and choose what they want to play in. But at least this Premier Golf League, they'd all be together. They'd all be playing against each other. And that's what I want to see more so. I, I don't care that they're making $4 million on the Premier Golf League for a win. It doesn't yeah. affect me. I, I, I can't comprehend that much money to begin with. What's the difference between 1.8 and 4? Nothing. Are they right? Are they, are they? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Uh, are they still going to allow them? Are they going to make these events opposite of the majors? You know, some of these other bigger events. No, he said they were going to keep. Um, they would never have an event. Uh, opposite of major or like the president's cup Ryder cup those dates would always be kept open so essentially guys would be playing in 22 events a year they'd be playing they'd be committed to the 18 on the premier golf league and then they're obviously going to play in the four majors so those would stay yeah which i mean i I don't you know why do you tune into the majors you tune into the majors because one like you said all of the best players typically are playing but that's not always true you watch the Masters every year, and, and you only have ninety guys playing, and it's a prestige. third of them. It's the prestige. It's the pressure. You want to see the guys win a major, win a green jacket, win the Wanamaker Trophy, win the U.S. Open Trophy. I mean, you want to see these guys win. You know the toughest, the toughest events on the tough circumstances. Not necessarily like you said. Who cares about the money? Like. Like when those guys, we've talked about the match, when those guys are talking about, oh, this is for this much and this much, you know, and none of it is theirs. We're like, it, it doesn't even make, it, no, we, it doesn't resonate with me. Like, I'm like, I don't, dude, you make 10 million a year, Brooks. Like, what does it matter if you, you're going to, you're going to put 20,000 up on a longest drive? Like, okay, yeah. nice. Great, buddy. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, I think if they can find a way to still have these other events, um, and make it add some prestige to it. That's what's tough when you start a new league, new tournaments, like, like, okay, who cares? Like if you're going to play in this, like the WGC events in the beginning, nobody really cared about them. And then now they're bigger events and it's, you know, obviously more important to have these trophies, but still not as much as a major because no. you're, com- you're comparing yourself. And, and that's what, you know, like let's, let's baseball. Like you compare yourself against the other players before you and their stats and, and their, and their accomplishments. Um, and baseball, it's the same way, like ah, 73 home runs in a year. Uh, oh, wow. That's incredible. No one's ever done that. You know, for forever, it was, you know, Roger Maris, 61 home runs, you know, for however many years. So that's what made it fun to watch, you know, and the same thing with golf, like, oh, Tiger's trying to win, you know, 18 major or 19 majors, you know, that's what made it fun. So if you yeah. go to the premier league, it's like, oh, you're trying oh, you to lose all that. You lose all that. Yeah, all of so it. That part is, you know, like, you know, I agree with you from a spectator standpoint, I think it's going to pull away. Uh, you're going to pull some of these uh, these diehard spectators that want to watch the prestige of winning these events. Are going to pull some of them away. Um, so that part I think was going to hurt. Which, in the in I the think it's a, I think it might be a better product for the fans. This format again, you lose the prestige and the history and the you know comparing eras, and it's a pretty yeah. pretty drastic different change. 
Yeah, I think it could be more interesting than what we watch on a week to week basis. Again, plus having all the top guys in the world. If again, if it were to happen, play against each other every week, not every week, but you don't want to have something to look forward to, right? Because it's only eighteen weeks, so it's it's not like okay, yeah, we got the Bermuda Championship, your favorite this week, or then <laughs> we have whatever. It's okay. Hey, we got two more two more weeks, and then they're yeah. they're gonna go play Riviera, and you know, I think. I think if they really wanted to make it work with the PGA Tour, they would do less of these events. I'd say 10, 10 to 12 and space them out. Allow these guys to still play a pretty full schedule on the PGA Tour. It's like the PGA Tour can yeah. say, hey, you want to play in this Premier League? You got to play 20 events on the PGA Tour. If you want to play in the 10 over there, you're going to have to play 30 this year. If you want the big bucks, you're going to have to play. You know, that's yeah. if I were the PGA Tour, that's what I would demand. Like, hey, I'm not going to lose as much of my product. Uh, if you if you want to give us fifty percent, you're going to have to you have to mandate that these guys play in our events. Um, they're going to have to work with each other in the scheduling. I think I think that's the best way for the Premier League to get it on the you know off and running. And then if it if it becomes really popular and they want to then expand it, then expand it, and bump it up to 12, 14, 18 events. But you do eighteen, and now these guys only play in four other events, or maybe maybe six other events on the PGA Tour you know, the players in all four majors and then maybe one or two others. I don't know. I think, I think it, it hurts PGA tour too much. And I don't think they, I don't think they would, would agree with it. But I mean, again, I, I think what it comes down to, like we talked about, it's, I think it's good. Change is good because it puts pressure on everybody, you know, and it, very few people, you know, constantly work to try to make it the best product they, ha- they can, unless they have pressure, you know, of somebody coming behind them. I mean, you've watched that thing with Tom Brady. I mean, at least I saw the first episode and that's what makes him so great. I mean, he's not, obviously not the most talented guy, but he is constantly out working his tail off at 44, three, whatever, how old, is, how old he is, because he's, he's worried about the next guy taking his job. And the PGA Tour doesn't have that, or they haven't had that. Now they've got somebody knocking down the door, and what do they do? They bump the purses up, and that's good. I think that's a good thing. I think that's a good, thing for, anyone, I think that's a good thing for the players. I'm not sure it's a good thing for the fans. Uh, I mean, I think it's I think it's good for the fans. I mean, I think I think why why would it be bad for the fans? What do they get? Out, what do they get out of it? They're just trying to well, keep their players, and they're gonna if, as long as if they're gonna keep the model the same on the PGA Tour, then the fans don't get any more out of it. It's just okay now. Well, Patrick Cantley wins fifteen million for the FedEx Cup instead of ten. I'm what not, does that I'm do? Not, yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I'm not saying that money is the answer. I'm just saying they're making a change. The PGA, yes. it's yeah. sparking change because okay. someone is trying to is challenging you. And that's what I always say. Competition is good with everything. And if you don't like competition, then good luck because everyone thinks they don't like competition. Oh, you're too competitive. Oh, you're too competitive. I'm like, you're competitive. If you're successful, you're competitive. Yeah. If you're not successful, then you're probably not competitive. And there you go. So it doesn't mean you have to play sports to be competitive. You can be competitive in everything. So if you if you have that drive to be the best you can and to not let somebody take your job, then then you do what you have to do to keep it. And and I think that's good for the P, that I think it's good for the PGA Tour because I don't I don't like the like the way that we've talked in the past. I don't like that they just they do what they want and there's no one there to challenge them. It's like the NCAA. There's no one there saying, "Hey, we've got another collegiate uh, athletic conference that I think is is better than yours." And so they they were run the rules and they run the roost and they have they have all the control of all the rules and there's no one there there's no yeah. checks and balances there so yeah i think it'll be a good thing like i said i don't know which tour is gonna is gonna succeed here but i know that one of them or maybe two of them uh will will change dramatically which i, I think is probably better for everybody yeah so the premier golf league is trying to say that their goal is to start 2023 
And what this guy was saying, Andy Gardner was trying to say, they basically need to convince enough of the tour guys to about 20. You have to have 25% of the tour. And I think there's, they, there's essentially 250 guys that have voting power of the players on the PJ tour. You have to have 25% of them say petition to basically say, Hey, this needs to go. A debate needs to go in front of the, um, the membership. And then the argument can be had. And then you basically just need 51% of the guys to then say, yeah, we need to do this and change needs to be happen. So that's what he's essentially trying to do is, is talk to agents, talk to players and say, Hey, here's our plan. This is what's going to happen. Even if you're player number 200, this is going to benefit you. It might not benefit mm-hmm. you right now, but it's going to benefit you in the long run. Yeah. And so again, I don't know where it goes, but it did open my eyes a little bit more and, and his model. I guess having a lot more information and facts behind it. This is exactly how the tour is going to go versus the Saudi thing that we really have no idea what it is. No, kind of a wild card. It's a wild card. Yeah. So, but I guess we'll, uh, we'll transition here. And speaking of an event with a lot of the top players in the world, we do have Tigers Hero World Challenge this week. It's always a fun, kind of silly season event to watch in December when it's cold and um, watching them down in, in the Bahamas at Albany which Tiger's affiliated with in some form or fashion down there. And I'm not sure if he helped. I think Ernie Els actually designed it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Tiger was a member there, has a place down there. And this is where he's brought it. They also have like one of the coolest trophies in golf. It's a little tiger cub with his hand on the. Oh yeah, on, that's right. That's right. That on, is- on a globe on the earth. Um, I mean, that's a pretty cool trophy to put in your trophy case. Uh, yeah. That's a good one to have. Yeah. So um, again, well, I don't know how is it 24 guys, maybe something like that. 20 guys. Yeah, so, it's that sounds about right. I think it's 20 guys. It's all pretty much invite only. And so they do have a DraftKings for it. So um Jay, he's not here. He's not gonna hear this. We better fucking beat McLean. <laughs> he's been beating our ass the last couple of weeks. I don't I mean, I feel like the teams look really good. I mean, I'm I'm in this all the time and I'm yeah, my I've all when I've always done DraftKings, I've always done like cash game, you know, 50 fifties with the, with, with, with golf, because I mean, if you, if, in a full field event, if you can pick all six guys and you can get them to make the cut, maybe one guy finishes the top 10, you're going to cash every week, uh, almost every week. But when you get these limited field events where there's no cut, it's, they're tough. It's, it's, I mean, yeah. it's kind of a luck of the draw. I mean, I hate to say, but I mean, I, I mean, all these guys, I think <laughs> almost any one of them could possibly win. Well, then so, it's also like, it, you know, how how serious are some of these guys taking it? Are they just thinking it's a cool break and yeah. they're going to go and hang out with the family? And I know a lot of these guys had their families down in the Bahamas. And um, do, they, do they really grind or are they just here to suck up the sun and have some yeah. fun? It's You never never know quite about about that. So, all right, you want to go first or want me to go first? Um, I will let you. Uh, you know what? I'll do it. I'll go. Okay. All right. So I did make a quick change last from what I had last night. Um, and it actually had, it had a lot to do with what you were just saying. Um, so I originally had Brooks Kepka in there just cause he, you know, obviously looked like he was hitting his irons well, putting well. Um, but this is a completely different course, different grass, different greens, different vibe, different feel. And I feel, I feel like Brooks is going to do exactly what you just said. This is not a big event. So we're going to see middle of the, Middle of the road, Brooks. Middle of the season, Brooks. John Deere Classic, Brooks, where he's like, ah, if I make the cut, I make the cut. I don't care. Whatever. So, um, 
I had him in there, took him out. I replaced him with Finau, who I think thrives on events like this. Uh, yeah. He's kind of smaller events. Um, I feel like he feels less pressure. Like he, he sees himself closer to the leaderboard when there's only 20 guys playing. Um, and he can probably rule out like three, four, you know, five or six of them that he know he knows he can beat. So I have a weird feeling that he's going to have a good week down there. Um, and then I jumped, uh, jump up to Fitzpatrick, who I really have no idea why, but he played well last week, <laughs> finished second in the world. He's uh, been world playing well for the last few months. Yeah. I mean, he, oh, I mean, he's a pretty solid player. I mean, he's been playing some pretty good golf. So, um, he was low, he was low priced at six, 600. So, uh, I dumped him in there. Then, uh, Justin Rose, I put in, um, mm. he, this is kind of a weird pick, um, wild card little bit of a wild card, but he, he played well at the RSM finished 12 and he's a, he's a, he's a top 10 talent. If, if that makes sense. Like he's not in the top 10 mm-hmm. in the world golf ring right now, but at any given moment, he can go out there and, and play incredible golf. And he's, again, we've used this word a lot, but he's a great, <laughs> a great hitter of the golf ball. Like there you go. He can, he can hit the ball really well and finds a sweet spot. So, you know, windy conditions in Bahamas, you know, I feel like if he's if he's playing his kind of golf, he can easily jump up. And he was one of the lowest price guys, 60, 6,100 bucks. Um, then I start jumping up and kind of going with some guys that I know I feel like are going to play solidly. Um, uh, Xander Shoffley, 8,700. Um, you know, I you know, nothing other than the fact that I just like I like the guy and I feel like he, you know, he, he'll want to grind against his uh, his peers and, and play well. Like he'll he'll finish it out. Um, and then I've, uh, I've got Rory in there. I just, because it's tiger's tournament and he likes to play well in front of tiger more so than anybody. Um, so I feel like he's, I feel like he's going to play well. And, uh, and then lastly, I've got, uh, more cow in there at, at 10, mm. six. I mean, why, why not? Why not put that? Guy why not? There? Yeah. <laughs> I, I had more Kawa and then I took him out, which is surprising because he's one of my top guys, but favorite guys on tour. So we have a couple overlaps. Um, so my uh, low level guy, uh, Terrell Hatton, just, I think he'll play well down there. Solid. Um, I'm playing. Okay. Um, he just finished uh, top 20 over in Dubai at the end of the Euro tour. So, a pretty good finish here recently in $6,500. I, I like that. Then I go, I got Matt Fitzpatrick as well. Um, been playing well on the Euro tour and on um, the the PJ tour in the last couple of months. Yeah. Signs the Ryder Cup debacle. Yeah. Then I got one of the guys that's played the best in the fall series, uh, Sam Burns, 7,500. I think he'll be amped up to play against some of these guys and say, hey, no one really ever talks about me. I'm yeah. slowly becoming one of the top players in the world without anyone ever talking about me, even when I win. I mean, he's one of those guys on that whole list that you do kind of look at and say, no one really, he won. How many times did he win this year? He won twice this year or three times. Was he one of the, no, he, he won twice. I think. Well, he just won on the, he just won on the fall series. And I think he won, he won once or twice on the, the, the previous season. Yeah. So it, it's been two or three times in the last like in calendar, the calendar year. year yeah. So yeah, no, so. you're right. I kind of looked at him too, and I just kind of skipped over him quickly. And but you're right, he's he's up there. I mean, he should be. And then my last three, I just go with some studs. One that you pick, Xander Shoffley. Just I, I don't think he's one that's not going to do what Kepka's going to do. You know, yeah. he's going to grind and fight and play yeah. his best. And um, 
That's why I like that guy. I, I just like that every tournament. He's like, he's giving it his all, you know, the, and that's what was, yeah. that that's what was awesome about like, like let's, I mean, I'm going way back to athletes like Joe DiMaggio. Like he always used to say, you know, they were like, why do you play so hard? It's 162 games. Like, why do you play that hard? Um, or 60, is it 62 or 60? Yeah, you got it. Nailed it. <laughs> um, but he was, he was like, because I, you know, I'm, I play and he get, totally gets it. It's like an athlete that gets, he's like, I get paid to play baseball and I've got however many people in the stands at Yankee stadium. And this may be the only time they come to see Joe DiMaggio and I'm going to give them the best that I got. I'm like, that is, that's what it all, that's what it should all be about. And, you know, then you jump up to like, you know, Michael Jordan and bat. I mean, he, if you go back and look at his, however many seasons he played other than the times that he were, he was truly injured, he would play 80, you know, 79, 80, 81, 80 no maintenance days games. like these fucking NBA yeah, players no, do now. It's bullshit. Like, it's like, all right, man, you play basketball. That's your job. Like, that's what you do. You, you play. play basketball every day of your life since you're five years old. Yeah, you, you can't play. play a game now. Yeah, you play. I mean, it's just take like, a practice it, off. I'll take a game off. It's yeah. I don't know. I'm not. I, I just hate that, especially with the sense that like you don't. No one knows, and it could be just like, oh yeah, this is a maintenance day, and you've got people that have paid, you know, thousands of dollars for these tickets, and you're just going to take the day off just because. Oh yeah. I hate that. But back to the main point was that he's one of those guys. I think that just gets it. He's like, I'm playing. Yeah, play Xander's ball. a grinder. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to give you the best. I mean, Tiger's no different. I mean, for I mean, in the last ten years with all of his injuries, it was a little different. But that guy would—he was doing everything he could to make the cut and then try to win the tournament. I mean, that's you oh, like yeah. watching that. Um, yep. I hate watching Kepka, just like man, whatever you know, cash it in. Yeah, I hate that. It makes me want to throw up. And I mean, what I mean, what does he care? He still makes a shit ton of money because he's got sponsors. But yeah. if I were a sponsor. I'd be like, nah, it's not my cup of tea. You know, I get you may play well in one major, but maybe you don't. And then then who wants to watch you? And if he keeps talking the way he's talking, just like condescending to everybody on the planet, it's like, I don't I don't really. Well, he really doesn't that. even have that many sponsors. He's got Nike. And then yeah. now he just signed the new equipment deal. And that's really it. I wonder. You know, I wonder if Michelob it was. Ultra. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So, um, but anyway. But, all right. And then my last two um, just studs. Victor Hovland. $9,900 won his last event at Mayakoba top 20 at the CJ cup. Uh, obviously playing very well. Again, I think he's that same mold as Xander. He's just going to yeah. grind, play hard for four rounds, even though it's a, a no cut event and yeah. it's a guaranteed check and it's a little hit and giggle kind of thing. I think he wants to prove him some of these guys out there, these, these bigger names that, you know, he can go toe to toe with them. Yeah. And then my last guy for a, Almost the exact same reason you took Rory. Justin Thomas loves playing with in front of Tiger. loves playing in front of Tiger. He plays well at his event and just wants to impress his buddy. Yeah, you know yeah. he wants Tiger to hand him a trophy at the end of this weekend. <laughs> you know what? It probably wouldn't surprise me if that happens. And, and so that's the, yeah. I had Morikawa and I took him out and put JT in, and uh, I was just like, yeah, he's gonna want to take that trophy out of Tiger's hands on on Sunday. So. Yeah. And he's playing playing well. My Kobe finished uh, third, so it's not like he's been playing like shit uh, again. Yeah. Top top twenty at the CJ Cup, so he's played a little bit more than some of these guys have this fall. Uh, some of these guys have taken more time off. So, but yeah, I, I'll I will definitely tune in to this event. It's always fun. It's just cool scenery, and uh, you get the top guys playing. I'll watch them. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. 
All right. Without further ado, that'll do it for us again. We will not have an episode next week. I apologize, but I'll be getting my hair braided. And <laughs> just kidding. For people who don't know me, I have no hair. So, <laughs> well, you, you do have plenty of hair, but well, you, well, I have plenty of hair, but I buzz it. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but no, I'll, be on, I'll be on the beach have... drinking and eating my face off. And we'll not be doing a podcast or editing a podcast <laughs> next week. So yeah. we're going to take next week off and we'll be back in two weeks. But again, thanks for, uh, for tuning in and, and tell your friends and, you know, all that good stuff. So, all right, buddy. Take all care. Right, Later. Cheers. Sweet.